I want you to have that on your mind, and that needs to be a foundation of the source and the reason of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts. They are an expression of God's love toward us. They are also expressions of our love towards one another. Amen? The purpose and the reason that God has given gifts to the church, and it's an expression of his love towards us, and the awesome thing that the gifts that we possess and the gifts that he's gifted us with are an expression and can be used and it should be used as an expression of our love towards one another. You follow me? It is not just for you. Now, there are parts of the gifts, especially tongues, the, the prayer part of that, just your own personal prayer, that is just for you. But the gift that is in a service type is for others. Amen? And that's really one of the very few only gifts that is, that's really is set aside that's like, this is for your personal prayer edification. The rest of those gifts are, are given and designed so that it can be a blessing to others. Amen? So that's why each one of you are so valuable and important. God uses that term and, 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 and gives us a picture that we can understand as a body. Man, a physical body that's jointly knit, fit together, and none of us are, are, are supposed to be independent. There's lots of people who are like, well, yes, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I'm a Christian, but I don't, I don't have to go to church. And well, no, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you're not being and walking in obedience to God's design and plan. God didn't design you to be independent. He designed you to be interdependent. That's why it, the nose, I mean, can the nose smell all off by itself? Yeah, but who's the nose smelling for? What if you're the eyes and you need that sense of smell? You can see, but the sense of smell sometimes will let you know there's something there that you can't see. Amen? So it's not just for your benefit. We are designed to be interdependent. And I can go on and on in that, but I, I, don't, I can't because i got to get somewhere else. Amen? So they're expressions of our love towards one another. He designed us to be interdependent as the church. We do not have all the gifts and giftings. I don't know anyone who does, except for Jesus. God has all of them. They're the Holy Spirits, and he releases them. I, am very, I, I know what people mean sometimes when they say, well, my gift is this, this is my gift, and this. They're really not even my gifts. They're the gifts of the Spirit who he distributes. And why I say that is I've had and watched people that have done things where they're like, they get together, they pray, and I'm going to, I'm going to transfer my gift to someone else. And then will you transfer your gift to me by praying for me so that I'll have your gift? That's not biblical. I don't see that anywhere. What I see is that they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he distributes them. Amen? So I don't, now I can pray for someone and go like, man, I, I want you to get the spirit of prophecy. I'll pray for you for that. But be like, give me your gift. I can't give that gift to you because I didn't make it. I didn't create it. It was given to me. Amen? Same thing with you. you so it's, it's cool to see gifts in other people and go, man, I'd like that. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, not to the person. The gifts don't glorify, or they're never intended to glorify the person. The gifts were intended to glorify God. Amen? So as though we can be like in awe sometimes and go like, whoa, that's an awesome gift. That gift, if it's been used and, and operated correctly, it's not to glorify the person. It's glorifying him. And if you're walking in that gift properly, that, that stuff, it, it, and people are going to be people and say, oh, that's awesome. And that's, but they're going to be going, yeah, it's him. It's not me. Amen? You didn't learn it. You didn't, like, work for it. It was a gift. Praise God. So we are in need. We are needed. And, and this is what I want, church. You are needed in this local assembly. You're needed in this local assembly. Why? You possess gifts that the rest of us do not have. And if you're not here, your gifts are not here. It's that simple. That's, that's not my design. That's his design. Amen? So, we are needed in the local body, and we need the local body. Amen? You need me, and I need you. I don't possess all the gifts. I need your gifts. And yes, I am needed, and you are needed here, but you also need 
one another. You need the assembling together. That's why the, the, the enemy wants to separate the church and get the church all... Because he does not want the body jointly, knitly fit together in operation how God intended it to be. The church, you're, you're needed in the local body to be the church. You're needed in the local body to be the church and to, listen to this, accomplish the mission he has for the church. This is a lot bigger than you. If the mission for this church is going to be accomplished and you are supposed to be in this church, that mission cannot be accomplished to its fullness without you. If what I said before that is true, that's a true statement. I could also say it this way. The, the mission and purpose that God has for you, apart from the church, and it's not just this church, but the church. I, God has called you to a church. And assembling, you will never reach the potential and the mission and the purpose that God has for your life apart from the assembling. Come on. So when people say, well, I don't have to be. I would say that's a false statement. You can do that, but I don't agree with it because God didn't design and nowhere do you find in scripture that he says, I created you to be awesome and it's just for you. You don't need anyone else. You're just so awesome. It's not there. So the gifts serve many different purposes for the body and outside the body. Yes. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal just briefly with some, some things that are statements that are said from outside of a Pentecostal theology or from a cessationalist background. Um, a cessationalist is someone who believes the gifts of the Spirit ceased. Cessation, they ceased with either the apostles, and some believe that, some believe that they ceased when the Word of God was canonized. I'm not, I didn't come up with it, I'm just telling you that's what a cessationist believes. That, and they would say the gifts, or the sign gifts especially, only were to serve the purpose to show the world and to show people that the apostles were real and had power. Like, but once they, were, once they accomplished their mission, once they preached the gospel, then they stopped. There's no scripture for that whatsoever, anywhere. No scripture that, that would show you that. There's actually quite a bit contrary. But I'm just wanting you to see. Here's some understanding. So, and I would say, yes, they did serve that purpose. But it didn't stop. They still serve that same purpose today. To authenticate, to get people's attention to go, whoa, that's, that person is walking with God. There's something different there. Yes, that was a true, but that's, that's not the only reason. There's many reasons that God gave the gifts of the Holy Spirit to people. All right, so I wouldn't argue against that. I'd just say, yes, I agree with you, except there's nowhere that that's, that was ever supposed to end. Are you with me? So, yes, they serve a purpose to qualify and authenticate the apostles and the gospel that they preached, but it did not end with them. The gifts served the purpose of glorifying God, building up the church. So they're not just to give qualification and authenticity to apostles or people who are walking with God. They give the gifts serve a purpose of glorifying God, right? Not we just covered, not glorifying ourselves. When those gifts are released, it glorifies God. That's a whole other reason for gifts. People go, "Whoa, he's awesome." Amen? Great. That's a great purpose. Um, they build up the church. And e each one of these have scriptural context. I just don't have time to, you know, we'd be here forever bouncing around. But the gifts build up the church. The gifts serve the purpose of evangelism. Amen? When you go out witnessing and, and talking to people who've never seen God, and, and then the gifts begin to get released, they go, whoa, that's for real. Like that's, so they, they help in the purpose of evangelism, of bringing people to the Lord. They also are a Tammy just experienced. And, and, and I prayed specifically this way because I was seeing this this week. Sometimes we pray and we want to bring the scripture out of um, you were wounded for our transgressions. And we're trying to use the scripture to kind of tell God, like, dude, this is what. The purpose of those gifts are also just because God is merciful. 
Jesus just loves people and he's merciful and he doesn't like people to have to stay in those areas of darkness and bondage. And he's just a merciful Jesus and a God. And when he left, he's like, I want that to continue. Amen. Because many times it says that Jesus was moved with compassion because they had no shepherd. He was moved with compassion. Well, do you think Jesus stopped being moved with compassion? No. So those gifts, they, they are also because he's still moved with compassion and he wants us to be able to go to people and see them delivered and free. And I think when we rightly attach ourselves and pray from his heart, like later on, we're going to look at some verses that say, he says, use my name. When you use my name, he's not, it's not like a magic formula. That, it's not just saying, just say Jesus, and that's the magic word and everything. When you use my name, he's, he's saying, when you associate and you attribute my qualities and character rightly, you can ask for anything and it shall be done. It's a lot more than just saying, in Jesus' name, it's you are associating and aligning yourself with who he is and his heart and his beliefs pattern and his structure and his reasoning for what he does. When you align yourself there and you're praying in that name and in that authority, you can ask anything and it shall be done. Are you with me? All right. Hey, this is getting better than I thought. Praise the Lord. You're awesome. The gifts serve the purpose of glorifying God. It's a compassion on those who are in need of salvation and in need of miracles and in need of deliverance. Amen? The gifts are for all who believe. What's the limitation for the gifts? You have to believe. That's the limitation. It's the same limitation for salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave. The world has the opportunity. What, what is the de defining moment of someone that receives salvation and don't? You either believe that he did that when that gift is real and you take possession of it. It's real. Oh my gosh, that's real. If I told Roger, Roger, I won the lottery, and he sees a stack of cash, and he sees the brand new Ferrari I'm driving, and he sees all that, and I'm like, in that envelope is a million bucks. Have fun. When, when Roger takes possession of that, it's Roger's. But before Roger takes possession of that, he's going to have to put faith and belief that that is what it is, and it's real. That's what you do with salvation, and that's what you have to do to receive the baptism, the gift of the Spirit, and the gifts. There's a belief, there's a trust, there's a faith in that, and that motivates you to pursue that. Amen? The gifts are for those who believe. The only prerequisite to receiving the gift of the Spirit is to be born of the Spirit. Covered that last week, right? Jesus was birthed by the Spirit, then he was baptized. So, the only prerequisite, if you haven't been baptized or you haven't received the gifts of the Spirit or the gift of the Spirit, you, you need to make sure that you've actually received Christ first, been born of the Spirit. That's the only prerequisite. Have you been born of the Spirit? Yes. Great candidate. Amen? That's simple. You don't have to learn a secret code or do 24 steps in Pentecostalism to, no, believe. Amen? And that's according to scripture. Faith is required for salvation, and it is the substance. I've read that somewhere. Faith is a substance needed for baptism and receiving of the gifts. Amen? All right, that's my introduction. Still got 30 minutes. Praise God. Point one. The gifts are for all who believe. The gifts are for all who believe. Let's turn, if you have your Bible, John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Now, this is some pretty cool stuff going on here. On the last day, oh, that looks nice, Beth. Is it new format or something? Yeah. On the last day, the great day of the feast. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. This was a feast that Jesus was celebrating. It's called the Feast of Booths. The Feast of Booths. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, 
let them come to me and drink. Now that feast, they were celebrating their, their leaving um, uh, Pharaoh, and they were temporarily, while they were in the desert, in booths and tents and temporary dwellings. So they would take once a year and, and go and make a booth and celebrate them coming out of um, uh, Egypt. So Jesus, it's during this celebration, Jesus, on, that la on the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing, not in those whom believed, but in those whom believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now they're celebrating the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths. It was a joy-filled celebration. These people, are, they're having a big old shindig, a big old party. They're, they're celebrating that they've come out, that, that they came out of bondage, and, and they're recognizing that, that God led them out of there. And in the, during this, this um, ceremony, the priest would take water from the Pool of Siloam, which was supposed to represent um, the water that came from the rock in Exodus 17. Remember in Exodus 17, the people come out. They don't have any food. They're like, here, you brought us out here to die. They're complaining. And God tells Moses, go strike that rock with your staff the same way that you struck the water and the waters parted and, uh, and, and water will come out. So he did. And water came out of the rock and, and ministered to them and fed them in the desert. So there's a ceremony happening in this, in this celebration time of the Feast of Booths. And the, the priest would go get water out of the Pool of Siloam and he would come pour it over the altar, which represented that water that would come out of the rock. Now, this is so cool. All that is happening and Jesus is standing in their very midst and Jesus was the, the representation. When we follow the pattern, he's the rock. And the rock is standing there in the middle of that celebration and then he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Is that cool or what? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And then listen to what he says. He who what? Believes. The gifts are for all who believe. He who believes in what? In him. As the scripture has said, out of his heart. The heart, that's your innermost being, the core of who you are. Out of your heart will flow, flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Now, we're going to look at a passage of scripture where Jesus told the woman at the well that if she took of the water that he gave, in her a spring would come up and a fountain. Now, let me tell you something. A fountain is contained. I have a fountain in our front yard. Or you have, anyone have a fountain? There's, it's that same circulating. It stays in the fountain and it springs up. Like that's, that is a picture of salvation. It comes up. It's in you. Jesus is speaking, I believe, this is a whole next level. Yes, and he had said that before to the woman at the well. Now he's saying, hey, that rock, that's me. Anyone thirsty? Hey, come unto me. He who believes, as the scripture, out of his heart will flow rivers. Out of rivers. Anyone seen a river? Do rivers go where they want? Here's what I know about rivers. Rivers usually follow the path of least resistance. Would you say belief is a resistance? Unbelief is a resistance. Unbelief, what's a river going to do? What's belief? Rivers can get messy. Everyone ever seen a river go outside its banks? That's, that's a possibility. You know what that means? There's more. There's more. There was, there's a, a, a spring that will spring up in you, and it will be a little fountain, and that's good. That's, that's birth. Then there is, come in me, are you, are you thirsty? He's like, hey, there's more, by the way. I'm not talking about a spring anymore. I'm talking about a river. Rivers of living water will flow through you, out of you, and guess what? They're gonna, it's going to run, and it's going to affect people. It's going to be more than what you can contain this isn't just for you, it's to affect others. Amen? 
It's, it's like a picture of being water baptized. When we baptized people over here years ago, when they come up out of that water, you know what happened? There's water all over the place. If you have rivers of living water flowing out of you, everywhere you go, there's going to be water. There's going to be a leak. There's going to be water. People are going to step into that. People are going to be affected by that. Are you with me? That means everywhere you go, there should be spillage. And not, it's not that you're taking from my little container anymore. Out of my, my little fountain. Like you can come and take water out of my fountain and now there's less water in my fountain. But if you've been baptized from on high, because there's more than the fountain, there's rivers of living water. You ain't touching that source. I'm going to spill all over the place and you're going to get affected and it, it ain't going lower. And there's sometimes it's going to stay in its path and it's spring. But when the Holy Spirit wants to break out of that, guess what he's going to do? It's going to spill over and it's going to affect other people. And when you try to contain it, you're going against the source. You don't damn it up. You flow with it. You let the river take you. You let the spirit of God motivate you and flow through you. And you don't try to control it and you don't try to move it. Well, they're going to get wet. Yeah, that's the point. Well, that floor is going to get, it might get slippery. Yeah, it might. But that's his, that's for him to worry about. And I also don't have to like go try to turn up the river. I can't, I can't make the river flow. That's good preaching. He who believes, church, you want that? You have to believe. Can you be saved without that? Yes, you can. You could be a beautiful fountain. You could be a beautiful fountain. And people can drink from that fountain. I want to be a river. I want more. This is what you're saying? Jesus is saying, like, look, are you thirsty? That's good teaching there, too. Are you thirsty? Because if you're not thirsty, you won't come unto him. And you won't believe that there's more. Is he making you thirsty, church? They would take that water that, that the priest would go to the pool of Siloam and get a gold pitcher and pour it all over the altar and the offering. They weren't trying to contain it. It just spilled all over the place. And they celebrated that. And Jesus stood literally before them and like, I'm here. I'm here. You want that? Amen? He fulfilled that ceremony. Now, John 4, 14, and, and this isn't belittling what John, um, what Jesus told the woman at the well, but, but he said, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Let me turn there for a second. I don't know if we're going to go too deep in that, but. In verse 10, he said that if you knew the gift of God and who it, who it was who, who's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So that's, thank God for that. And, she, and he told her, but the water that I shall give will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He's speaking of salvation. Now, later on in that, I, I love this part, later on in that, and, and we're going to get going. But in verse 23, you don't have to pull it up, Beth. They, they know this. But he said later on, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, church, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. Some, some of us want to just stay in truth. Well, I got the Bible. That's all I need. He said true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and truth. In spirit. That's pneuma. That's the breath. That's the life of God. Amen. We need that. He says in, in spirit and truth, for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you, Lord. So rivers are very different than springs. Amen. It's, it's showing a, the, the, I believe this is showing a difference between the new birth 
and the experience of the fullness of the spirit-filled life. The difference between the new birth and the fullness of the spirit-filled life. Now, here's something very cool. Those who've been satisfied by Jesus by drinking his water can then themselves become channels of refreshment for others. Church, wouldn't that be awesome that we mature to a place that it's not just about us? That those of us that have tasted and seen that he's good, those of us who have went and said, God, I want that living water. I don't want to keep coming and being thirsty. Like, fill me. Give me that living water. Church, there's more. There's more than, Lord, just fill me so I'm not thirsty. And we keep going back. Lord, fill me because I'm thirsty. Lord, fill me because I'm thirsty. Lord, fill me because I'm thirsty. There's more. There, there's more. There, there's rivers. God has rivers for you, and those rivers should affect others. Those, you, you can be a source of someone who was broken. You can be a source of someone who was hurt. You can be a source of someone who's been mistreated, of someone who's been lied to, of someone who's been thirsty their whole life. And God can make you someone who is a source. Someone who is a source. Someone who, when you come around, those woundedness, those injuries, those past things have no hindrance on your life whatsoever. And they are reaching and touching. And God is actually pouring out of those areas. And people are being affected and touched by his power and by his life. That's next level. There's more. And it's okay if you're in a spot right now that's like, I'm broken and I'm hurt and I'm wounded. That's okay. Drink of him. Come unto him. Are you thirsty? Drink of him. Receive of him. But I'm here to tell you there's more. There's more. Don't stop there at the fountain. Don't stop there. Some of us have stopped there. We camped out there. We got saved. We, this is a good fountain. Move. There's more. Out of your belly, out of your heart, there's supposed to be rivers of living water that are affecting other people. It's not just about us. But Pastor Steve, you don't understand. You know what? I, I don't. I do in some areas. You, you might be surprised. <laughs> you might be surprised. But I, I'm not going to pretend to know your hurt. But I can tell you, I've been to the fountain and he made me new. And I've been to the source, and out of my hurts, and out of my injuries, and out of my lacks, and out of my brokenness, there is rivers that will flow through that. And out of those areas, it touches other people, and it's not me, it's him. It's his spirit that's flowing there, it's his life, and it touches people. And people get free, they get saved, they get delivered, they get baptized in the spirit. In spite of us. Tammy got healed in spite of me, not because of me. That's really good. I've never heard that before, but that's the truth. Right? If something comes out of us, it's in spite of us. So it's not you doing all these good things that qualifies you for that. But you do have an anointing. And you can misuse your anointing, and you can see the power level decrease. It will never go away because it wasn't given by you. The gifts and callings are without reproach. But the level and the power that you would operate out of it will, will come down low. Or when you walk in truth and in the spirit and you are letting that source come in and flow out of you, guess what? That power level's up. And you're not controlling it. You're not hindering it. You're not standing in the way of it. Your unbelief of the power source because of the stupid things you did are not hindering the flow of it. Is, are, are, are you guys like I am? Sometimes because I've done something stupid, I think, well, I can't go pray for them because I'm not, I'm not up. I'm not. Stop it! It's in spite of yourself. And I'm not saying to go be a fool and God's just going to... No, there's, there's a walking with the Lord that's real. But if you were waiting until you were perfect before God's going to just keep sitting there. Get out of your way. Get out of your hurt. Get out of your past. Get out of your depression. Get out of it. Get out of it. Out of you, rivers of living water should be flowing. And stop trying to contain it. it You've you got to get over yourself. It's going to look silly at times. It's going to get messy at times. Do you want to try to contain him or do you want him out? 
Those who've been satisfied by Jesus by drinking his water can then themselves become channels of refreshment for others. Let's be leaky vessels. Maybe that's why you're, you're supposed to have some cracks. Maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's why there's some flaws. Maybe that's why you've been through some stuff. So it, it cracked that pot. There's some holes. And out of that spot, that's where that leakage is going to pour out. And it's going to be out of that spot that you can't take credit for, church. You say, that's my wound. That was my area. That, that was my hurt. But that's where the anointing is going to flow out of. That's where the power is going to come out of. So you can try to protect it all you want, or you can let him feel it. And you can let him flow out of that. And you can get out of yourself, and it's all about you, into, my God, if you can use this, Lord, you can use it. It, it. It's the foolish things of the world, church, that confounds the wise. That's foolishness. It's foolish where God says, in your weakness, I will be made strong. In spite of you. Amen? What's your qualification? Being broken. A broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. How dare us think that we have to operate out of pride. He said, no, operate out of your weakness. Operate from that source. That's why you're broken. That's why you're cracking. Let's be leaky vessels. Not ones that are so that look so great on the outside. Not those who look like it's all, we got it all together. Let's just be vessels that are willing to leak out. Quit trying to, to stop up the holes. Quit trying to fill the cracks. Quit trying to plaster over it and make everything look good on the outside. We ain't got time for that. I don't have time for that. And that's also not an excuse so that I can be a jerk. But out of those areas that, the, that Satan would love to use to cause problems, to cause injury, to cause bitterness and backbiting, out of those areas... I can let the spirit of God flow out of it. And that's where there will be great power. There's more. It's my last point. Good thing. Number two, there's more. Don't be content. There's more. Don't be content. John 14, 12. <laughs> he said, most assuredly, I say to you, everyone say with me, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And circle this in your Bible, and greater works. You know what the greater works tells me? There's more. <laughs> There's more. There's more. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Greater works. You're going, and, and this, this gets you. So Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, opened the ears of the deaf. He raised the dead. So greater works than these? What's greater than that? Anyone else ever thought that? Like, I don't necessarily fully understand that. Okay, greater works than these. You're going to do greater works than these. Let's think about who is Jesus sent to and assigned to? No, specifically. Who did he come to? I remember he told the Samaritan woman she wanted healing. Who did he come to? Where did Jesus stay? Did he travel the world? Where did he stay? So who did he come to? Who was his message to? Did he tell us to go wait to be endued with power and then gave us instructions to go into all the world? What is greater works? Here's my home base. I'm going to reach a limited amount of people. Here's your geographic location. The world. You think there's going to be greater works? Yeah. It's not you're going to raise more people to the dead. It's 
This is a greater area. There's going to be more people reached by you, more people touched by you, more people saved by you, more people baptized by you. Greater works. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who what? Believes. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I go to the Father. Now, now I want you to see something in this verse. He says, he that believeth, in the King James it says, he that believeth on. Not believed. Not just he that believed. He that believeth on. That means there's more. It wasn't that you believed one time and now we're good. That you believeth on. You continue to believe. And when you take that into the Greek, it literally means to the end. That believeth is, is that, that you believe till the end. Not that you believed. So I would say, are you still in belief? And I don't mean, yeah, Jesus, I mean that he is your savior, that he is the one who heals you. He's the one who's provided for you, that he's the one that wants more for you than you think you need right now. Like, are you still in belief? Not that you did believe. A lot of us want to go, well, I believed back then. I trusted God 20 years ago. I did this thing and people will talk about the stuff that they did 20 years ago. But are you in belief? There's more. Don't stop. There's more. Don't be content. There's no being content in him. Really, the limitation of it is until, for the gifts, in Ephesians it tells us, I believe it's chapter 4, until we all reach the maturity, the perfection of Christ. Well, I don't think any of us are dumb enough to say we're there. I don't think there's any church on the planet that says that, that they're there. So then we're not done. We haven't arrived. There's more. When God does something in our lives, our ministries, listen to me. When God does something in our lives and our ministries, we often think that this is all God has for us. And we stop and rest and we're content. I've watched this in my own life. I watched this year. This year, and I thought this was like, to me, it's amazing. 30-something people got saved. 13 people got baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. 13. To me, that's a big deal. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. Here's the truth. That ain't nothing. There's more. I mean, that should give me like, yay, but not like, Wow, we really did something. Kick back for a little while. The fact that I think that's a big deal shows, and I'm, I'm just speaking from my heart, shows that my picture of God isn't very big. Like, seriously, 13 is a big thing for a, a God that created heaven and earth? That spoke this whole cosmos into existence. 13 people got baptized. And I'm celebrating. My picture is a little small of God. I'm just saying. There's more. There's more. There's way more. But we want to think that God, because he's done something in our life at some time in the past, that, that he was done. What if he wasn't? What if we started getting celebrating and thinking like, oh, my gosh, that was the pinnacle. That was awesome. That, he's like, what did, why'd you stop? I wasn't done. There's always more. There's always more. I am not going to be limited. Or I'm going to try not to. Not saying that we shouldn't celebrate when people get saved. Heck, yeah. But I'm not going to like... Okay, well, now we can quit. I can quit talking to people. I can quit evangelizing because I reached my quota. There's more. 
I want to I want to share a little story. I, I'm I am wrapping up. I'm almost. I, I hope it'll. Are you guys okay? Okay. In Valley Springs, uh, behind the elementary school and the baseball fields, if anyone knows that that area very well, the, the Memorial Baseball Park. Behind the baseball park, there's a cross way up on top of a hill, and there's a trail that leads up to the cross. Now, I used to go there. There are some different seasons throughout our life that um, I felt the Lord, like I just needed, I needed to go seek the Lord. And I would go every morning and go hike up this hill. And it's steep. And then I got to where I could like, I'd, at first I'd have to like stop along the way because I was like, man, that's steep. Like, out of breath, just climbing. Then I got to where I didn't stop. Then I got to where like once you got to the steps, I was like, I'm running. I'm going to run the steps. Then I got to where like, I'm going to run to here. Now, the coolest thing about that, and, I, and I'm, I'm not telling you just because of, like, that I got to run up the hill. But early on in my progression up, there was these, there's little rest benches. There's little places you can stop along the way. And there was many times on my journey that I would stop there, and I'd see that little bench, and it was like, it was like just, just have a seat. Just, just take a rest for a while. And there was a couple times I thought, well, you know what, I pretty good view right here I can see pretty good right here it's a pretty nice view right here and you know what I would tell you Satan loves it put rest stops and work and rest benches on your path and be like you know what just take a load off just rest you can see enough right here let me tell you when you make it up and once you get to the top of that you'd see your view completely different and I'll tell you the view that you would see from that point You'd get up to that point, and I'm not talking about, yeah, you'd see this, you'd see all the stuff, but here's the coolest thing is when you got to the top up there, you'd see it from behind the cross. Because the cross was on top of the hill. Your whole vision of everything you'd see from that seat, and I took many pictures there for that to remind me, look at your view in the world from behind the cross. If you stop along the way, you'll never see that view. You'll never see the view or the purpose that he has. And all along that way, there's going to be opportunity after opportunity. Take a break. You don't need to go any further. You've had enough. You can see enough there. You've done enough. No. No, there's more. There's more, church. There's more. Don't buy into that. Well, I've served for this long, and I've done this, and I've done that. There's more. There's more. I'm 85 years old. There's more. There's more. Caleb took mountains in his 80s. Caleb said, give me that mountain. I want that mountain. That's the mountain that God promised to me. I want it. It's mine. And he went and took it. So I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many things you've been through. There's more. Don't be content. Don't stop and rest along the way. Don't stop and enjoy the view. Don't stop and smell the roses. It's Now look, it's okay to recognize this is pretty cool. I've come some distance. Catch your breath. Keep going. Keep going. Don't don't stop. Don't stop very long. I tell you what, once you stop, very, it's like, yeah, I can see good enough from here. I'm good. How many done it? I ain't going to, yeah, we got enough. Don't sit down. <laughs> I see the bench, and it's tempting. I'm not sitting down. I'm, I might not be moving right now. I'm going to catch my breath, but that's where I'm headed. Amen? Don't stop because it hurts. Don't stop because it hurts. Don't stop because you're getting tired. God promise you, you'll regret it. You'll regret it if you don't go to the top. You'll regret it if you stop short. You'll regret it. How many have regretted it? You say, I, I, man, I wish I'd have went further. I, I wish I'd have just listened to the Lord. I wish I'd have got out of my way. I wish I wouldn't let that hurt keep me from what God had. I wish. Don't stop. Don't stop short. Listen to me. Many times I've had God start to do work on me, and he gets into an area, and it hurts. And I tap. No more. Don't tap out. 
don't stop short. Let him finish that work in you so that you will be complete, not lacking any good thing. So then out of that area, he can pour out of you. So out of that area, it won't be contaminated with poison. It won't be contaminated with bitterness. It won't be contaminated with frustration, with anger, all those things. That it will be a clear, clean source that the Holy Spirit can flow through and touch many other people. Don't tap out. The season of tapping out, you got to call that an end this year. You got to start out going forward and say, no, I'm going to pray and fast in that area. I'm going to get healing in that area. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the top. I'm not stopping. You tell God, God, I'm not quitting. I remember telling the Lord that in Teen Challenge, all this stuff happened and I was just, I was livid. I was cussing in the sanctuary, angry with God, me and him alone. And I heard myself with an outer body, like he lifted me out of that little mess. And I got to see myself and come to an end of myself and saying, I don't care, God, I'm not quitting. Just so fresh, whatever, whatever this is, what I'm not quitting. That radically changed my life. That moment in time, and, and it was some messed up stuff that happened that got me there. And I thank God for it now. Because I, I believed what I said. I heard it. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. So don't stop because it hurts you. You're going to regret it. Don't stop until you receive all that he has for you. That you've been completely whole. That your, your wounds aren't infected. Now hear me on this. He doesn't ask us to attempt to do more. Sometimes we think like, well, man, I can't do anymore. I'm, what do you want? I got, now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. He doesn't ask us to attempt to do more. He asks us to believe him for more. If you want me to do that, then I got to go to school. I got to do this. And sometimes that might be the case if he's telling you to do that. But sometimes we're trying to do something in the natural and thinking in the natural, something he's doing. I want to do this and you supernaturally. I don't need your help with this is what he's saying. I just need you to come with me. I need you to walk with me so I can do this for you. Amen. How many of you, how many of you had God do that? You're freaked out. How am I going to do that? I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how. Believe me, I understand that. Taking this church on. And then the time that I was supposed to have before I pastored was cut in half. Most of you probably don't know that. Then the time, there was all kinds of stuff that changed along the way. And I was like thinking in myself, well, I might be able to do that because if I have this amount of time and I have this and this to get ready. And, have, and the Lord's like, guess what? You're going to have to rely on me. Okay, I can do that. He's not asking you to do more, to attempt to do more. He's asking you to believe him for more. And that's where I'm at. God, I'm not, not, I love the fact that 37 people got saved and 13 people got baptized. If you're thinking I'm going to limit and hinder, and, and I can't if I try to do this in myself and my plan, I will hinder what God wants to do. I'm getting out of the way. All right, Lord, what do you want to do? In spite of me. In spite of my lack of know-how. In spite of my, what do you want to do? It freaks me out. How do I do that? I have no clue. Well, I don't, shouldn't say that. I have his word. I have his spirit that lives inside of me that tells me, like, turn left. Okay. Turn right. I don't think that's the right way, but okay. Run. Get on the gas pedal with both feet now. Okay, I can do that. Hit the brakes, dummy. Don't you see there's a wreck? Oh, yeah, good idea. Oh, man, I didn't even get to the best part. Richard. I guess you guys are going to have to get that next week because it was good. It was like the best part. I got so excited, so like in my at my desk, I had to tell everyone, oh my gosh, the Lord just dropped this whole thing. It's so amazing. There's no way we're going there. Praise you, Jesus. I guess we'll close right here. We need to realize, although it may have been a big thing for us, listen to me. I'm not, I hope you hear me. I'm not belittling whatever God's done in your life and what he's done in my life because they've been big things, right? They've been big things. 
But we need to realize, although it may have been a big thing for us, we serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. And here's the truth. It's all little to him. It's all little to him. All of those big things, all the stuff that we go, I don't know how that, and I do this all the time. God, I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't, I don't, God, I don't know how you're going to, well, of course I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm little. I'm finite. I'm dumb compared to him. I'm dumb compared to some of you. He's God. He's awesome. He's not confined to my limitations. He's not confined to my expertise. He's not confined to my lack of. He's uncontainable. We serve a big God, church. Well, a little different when you weren't planning on stopping there, but that's where we need to stop. The gist of this is I need you to understand there's more. If you don't get anything else, I hope that you've been inspired. Don't stop. You're going to be tempted. Sometimes it's okay to put it neutral and roll down the hill. I do that quite a bit down Hurricane Hill. I figure it cost me a lot of fuel coming up the hill in that Suburban. I get up to speed and then I put it in neutral and see how far I can coast. <laughs> but I'm still moving. I'm still moving. But then I know, well, there's a hill. You know what? If I don't put that thing in gear and step on the gas, we're going to stop. Amen? I pray that you've been encouraged today. I pray that you've been inspired today to get in and let the Lord heal and touch. Don't tap out. Press into him more than you ever have. So that you cannot just be a fountain that looks good and is a place that someone can come, maybe get some water but that you can be a river that out of you is just flowing. And how many is in, in, in operated out of that place? And if you're not operating from that place, I got good news for you. You can get back in. Get back in. Let that current cover you. Let that current flow through you. Let that current move you and direct you. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over you. Lord, thank you Thank you for being that spring where we were dry and dead. Thank you for being the source of life. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us empty and leaving us alone. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, for him being a river, a source of power, an uncontainable source. Thank you, Lord, that you will 